guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. Hey guys, what's up? This is Mark. Thank you for tuning in to God Loves Miami on YouTube and listening to our podcast. Today we're going to talk about a subject that all of us, I believe, struggle with, and it's the topic of forgiveness. I mean, we all mess up. We all do things that we wish we could take back. And all of us have been hurt. All of us have actually had to forgive someone who's wronged us. And how do we do that? Like, how do we really do that and move on? And I believe that God's word teaches us exactly how to do that. I'm going to tell you about something dumb that I did once. Um, This is years ago. I, I was a young pastor. I was overseeing an area of ministry and there was this guy that wanted to meet with me and he had like a really difficult uh, schedule. He wanted to talk about a sensitive topic and one of the pastors or ministers that was under me kept emailing me uh, the guy's request, the guy's questions, the times that he was available and I replied um, to this uh, young minister, again, that had just started a ministry um, that was trying to coordinate this meeting. I'm like, let's just meet on Wednesday at four o'clock. I'm totally making that up because I don't remember the exact date. And, I, and, then I, and then I added this. I'm like, este tipo me está cayendo mal. This guy is rubbing me the wrong way. And so um, the day of the meeting actually comes. I meet with the guy. The meeting went great. I, I had actually asked another pastor to join me in the meeting. Um, and then at the end of the meeting, uh, the guy says, thank you. He was there with his wife. And then he asked the other pastor if he could have the room alone with me. Him and his wife can speak to me privately. And the entire meeting, he had an envelope in his pocket. And I just thought it was like a bill or a note or something. It had nothing to do with me. And then when the other pastor walks out, he opens the letter and he says, Hey, uh, Mark, uh, I don't, I don't understand Spanish. I don't read Spanish. Can you read something for me? And I'm like, sure. I thought the guy was asking me to help him with like a note someone gave him. And when he gives me the paper, it's the email that I sent. And he's like, can you tell me what this line right here says? And it said, este tipo me está cayendo mal. this guy's starting to rub me the wrong way. And when I read that, I was like, I told him what it meant. And he's like, you know, why did you do that? Like, like, why did you write that? I thought we were friends. I thought we were brothers in Christ. And at the moment that that happened, I tried to come up with like in my mind, like, oh, I'm just going to make up this lie. I didn't mean that. Oh, I didn't write that. And then I just lifted up my head. I looked him in the eyes and I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wrote that. I'm sorry not only that I wrote that, but that I sent it to someone else that's a young minister a guy that you serve under in the church. And I said, hey, can I ask you for a favor? Um, can I please call him into my office so that I can apologize for what I wrote and so that I can apologize to you in front of him and tell him that what I did was unacceptable? Man, I learned a great lesson that day. One is like, don't talk bad about people and be careful what you email. But I also learned that asking for forgiveness and being honest about your mistakes is actually so much better than lying and pretending that it didn't happen. I actually ended up becoming really good friends with this guy. To this day, uh, he still appreciates me. I still appreciate him. And it was because I chose at that moment to own up to my mistake. 
and he was able to forgive me. You see, all of us at one point or another in our life have had to say, I'm sorry. We've all blown it at one point in our life. We've all wished that we can erase something that we did and it hurts. It hurts to hurt people. It hurts to say things that break people's hearts, you know, especially when you care about them. Maybe it's your wife, your mom, your brother, your sister. You said something or did something and it has severed the relationship. And here's the truth. We've all messed up and we've all had to ask for forgiveness. And the other person involved has had to put it in their heart or or, or come to the point where, where they forgive us. And sometimes people don't forgive us. However, when we're the victim, when we are the one that's wronged, we want people to ask us to forgive them. We're like, I can't believe that he hasn't said sorry to me. I can't believe that she hasn't said sorry to me. However, when we are the ones, when we are the wrongdoers, when we are the ones that inflict pain on someone else, it is so much harder to own up to our mistakes and say, hey, I'm sorry for what I did. And what we do most of the times is we start making up excuses for the reason that we acted in the way that we act to see. It's easy to expect forgiveness, but it's more difficult when forgiveness is expected from us. And so today we're going to look at what the ultimate test of love is. The ultimate test of love is how we respond when we are hurt. The ultimate test of love is how you and I respond when someone hurts us, when someone wrongs us. How do you respond when someone wrongs you? Do you keep a grudge? Are you resentful? Do you get full of bitterness? I mean, that's such a common response when people hurt us. And when we've been hurt more than once by the same person, we start building up all this bitterness. And in other words, we become miserable. We become bitter. And and that thing begins to haunt us. It's like, it seems like that's the only thing we think about when we're holding on to how someone else has wronged us. And check out what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 5. It says this, love isn't selfish. It isn't quick-tempered. Love keeps no records of wrong. In other words, love doesn't store up hurt. Love doesn't keep a grudge. Love doesn't keep score. Doesn't it seem like sometimes when we get into a fight and we're telling someone something, it's like they take out this little thing from their pocket and they tell us the score. This is what you did in 1998. You said this to me three years ago on our vacation. You walked out or you did this or you did that. And and all of us keep all this scoreboard of the way that the other person has hurt us. And sadly, a lot of times the person that we're keeping score on is the person that we love the most or the, or the people that we love the most. Do you do that? I do. Unfortunately, I, I do that sometimes. Sometimes we keep records of wrong so that it could be ammunition. It's like, oh, I'm going to hold on to that. So next time they do something to me, next time I feel hurt, I'm just going to throw it in their face. But the Bible teaches us that love doesn't do that. Forgiveness may actually be the single most difficult act of love. I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness could be the most difficult act of love. You have to love to overcome. If you want to overcome the situation that you're in, if you want to overcome the problem that you're in right now with someone, you need to love them. The only way to overcome is to love the person that you are having a problem with. And you see, The reason why sometimes we don't want to forgive is because there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to forgiveness, you know, because forgiveness gets watered down. It gets abused. It gets cheapened. 
Here's what forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness, it's not conditional. Forgiveness is actually unconditional. It's not earned. It's not deserved. It's not bargained for. It's not paid for. It's not based on what someone will do if you forgive them. If you say to someone, I'll forgive you if, that's not forgiveness. That's a bargain. You're trying to bargain with them. I'll give you this if you give me that. Real forgiveness is unconditional. What about if Jesus would have prayed and he would have said, Father, forgive them if they ask for it. But that's not how Jesus prayed. That's not what Jesus said when he was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The perfect picture of love. Love is unconditional. Forgiveness is unconditional. The second thing that forgiveness is not, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. Forgiveness is not saying, oh, it's okay. Because that's what we say a lot of times. Someone hurts us and we're like, it's okay. It's not a big deal. It didn't hurt. That is not forgiveness. All right, forgiveness is not saying, don't worry about it. It didn't hurt. That's not forgiveness. And so don't minimize it. If someone does hurt you, if someone has hurt you, I'm sure there's somebody watching right now or listening to this message right now, and you've been really hurt by someone. God is not telling you today, just forget about it. God's not saying that. God's not saying that uh, it, it didn't happen. God's not saying that the pain that you have isn't real. He's just saying, forgive them and let go. And the reason why sometimes we don't want to forgive is because we believe the third thing that I want to talk to you guys about is that forgiveness is not resuming a relationship without changes. There's this big misconception when it comes to forgiveness. Forgiveness is not the same as restoring a relationship. Some of you are afraid to forgive today because you think you're going to have to go back to being with that person. You you think you have to now start the relationship again. Or, or you think you, you forgave your husband for the way he hurt you. Or your wife, your ex-wife for the way she hurt you. And you don't forgive her because you think forgiving means you got to hook up with them again. You got you to gotta go back to them again. That's not what forgiveness is. Restoring a relationship and forgiveness are two different things. I'm going to say that to you again restoring a relationship and forgiveness are two different things. The Bible teaches us that forgiveness is instant. When you ask God for forgiveness, he forgives you immediately. When someone asks you for forgiveness, you should forgive them immediately too. But trust, trust must be built over time. The fourth thing that forgiveness is, it's not forgetting what happened. Forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. The Bible teaches us that. Some of you have been afraid to forgive someone because you don't want to forget what they did to you. You know, and we all say forgive and forget. That's not in the Bible. That's like what kids say in the playground. That's what maybe your teacher told you, but that's not what God is saying. I'm going to I'm going to challenge you. I'm actually going to help you take your faith and your relationship with God to another level by sharing this with you. There's something better than forgetting. It's remembering how God can bring good even out of the bad. There's something better than forgetting the way that you were hurt by that person or that group of people. It's looking back at that, looking back at that event and saying, you know what? That's who I was and that's what pain did to me, but that's not who I am in Jesus' name. Jesus is going to restore you the moment that you choose to forgive that person. The moment that you choose to say, God, I am not that person. I'm not what they called me. I'm not what they did to me. I am your child. I have been made new and I am going to use my pain and my hurt 
to glorify you. We can't thank God for something we forget. We can't thank God for where he brought us from. We can't thank God for the way that we have been, been restored spiritually, by the way that our scars have been healed and our heart has been put back together if we forget where we came from. You can't ask God to bless your life. You can't look back and say, Jesus, thank you for my family, for my wife, for my husband, for the things that I have. If you don't look back and remember where you came from, and it's the same thing with pain. You can't thank God for forgiving you. You can't thank God for restoring a relationship if you pretend that it didn't happen. All right? And so you're probably thinking, so, so Mark, why, why should I forgive? Why should I? They don't deserve my forgiveness. How many times have we said that? I, I know I've said that. I know I've thought that. That person does not deserve my forgiveness. It's real simple. The reason that you should forgive is because God forgave you. Colossians 3.13 says this, Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Wow. I mean, that should be something. If you struggle with forgiveness, if you struggle with saying, I'm sorry, just remember that verse and say, hey, God forgave me, and so I'm going to forgive her. I'm going to forgive him. The other thing is that bitterness makes you miserable. Holding bitterness, holding resentment makes you miserable. And you know what else it, do, it does? If you don't release the people that hurt you, you will start to resemble them. You will start to look like them because it's inside of you. And the Bible teaches us that what's inside of us comes out. Out. And so if you're holding on to bitterness, if you're holding on to hurt, if you're holding on to the way that someone did you wrong, eventually you will become that person. I'll never be like my mom. Oh, yeah. I'll never be like my dad. I'll never be like her. I'll never be like him. I'll never be like them. But you're holding on to what they did to you. And little by little, you will begin to resemble them. The Bible says this, and I'll remind you in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love isn't selfish. It isn't quick tempered and love keeps no record of wrong. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word because it's faithful and it's true. And Lord, we hold on to that. So many of us have been hurt by things people have said, by things people have done to us, by the way that people haven't been there for us, God. And that time has passed and we're still holding on to the pain. We're still holding on to that hurt. And Father, I pray that you would help us to let go, that you would help us to forgive, that you would help us to make that phone call, that text message, to write that letter, to send that DM and say, hey, I know we're not good right now, but I just want you to know that I love you and I forgive you. Father, give us the courage and the strength to do that. Teach us how to love so that we can overcome the situation that we're in. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Breathless in 
in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you would lay down your life, that I would be set free, oh, oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings Amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you would lay down your life, that I would be set. I sing for all that you've done for me And worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave And worthy is the Lamb who was slain And worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Oh, worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace.
guys, I hope you enjoyed the song. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope that it touched your heart and it challenged you to call someone, to text someone and tell them that you love them and that you forgive them or maybe that you accept the apology that they gave you and that you want to restore that relationship. And lastly, I'm going to ask you to do a few things. I want you to subscribe to the channel. I want you to like the video. I want you to share it on Facebook, share it with friends. Remember to take screenshots of the verses, of the statements, and put it out there. You have no idea how God can use that to draw people closer to Him. And lastly, I'm going to ask you to go to our website, godlovesmiami.com, and to contribute to our church plant. We're starting a church on February 10th. And we need all the resources that we can get to put the church together, children's ministry, to get the word out, reach out to the community, and continue to do the outreach that God has called us to do in the city of Miami. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.